All right, folks, welcome back into another edition of the High School Huddle, your one-stop shop for everything and all things Section 5 Sports. I'm AJ Fellman. He's Carl Jones. It is our last show of 2022. Holiday season is here. We're going to take next week off, but Carl, first off, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, we're getting in the festive spirit here, Carl. Yeah, happy holidays to you as well, man. Again, this year is winding down. I feel like it's flown by, especially the high school sports season. I feel like we just covered some of the lacrosse stuff. Football season turns around quick, and now basketball season and hockey season's here before we even know it. But um, I've enjoyed it this year, and I hope everyone else has had the same. Yeah, I got all my, most of my Christmas shopping done. Uh, a couple of things need to be finalized online, but we are good to go. Uh, we'll get a little bit of holiday traditions later on the show. Got something uh, brewing for you. But first off, let's get right into the action. Um, as we've talked about before on this podcast, we kind of also teased it a little bit last week. Carl, you headed out to Arondacoit, uh, did a great story on a local coaching legacy or a lo- local coaching legend hanging up the whistle this year. Yeah, man. Uh, Chris Carden, after 37 years, is going to retire uh, from Aronacoy's boys basketball. Um, three sectional titles, a state championship, I believe, in uh, 2017. Legend around here. Um, up to 505 wins, I want to say. Um, I believe 506 or however the exact tally is. But regardless, a lot of darn wins uh, in Section 5 so far this year um, in, in his career. And he's hanging it up. But what's unique about the story is it's not just his last hoorah is the team has 10 seniors as well who've been together majority of them since grade school so um I asked Xavier Gissendaner one of their better players and he kind of dubbed it the last dance which is kind of a um a cool little uh play on words with if you know anything about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls in the late 90s they called their last go around with their head coach retiring and their players um going their separate they, separate ways they called that the last dance and the Aronicoy players um are dubbing this one the same it's a phenomenal team as well. Obviously, this isn't just like, you know, a coaching legend and it's 10 seniors. These are 10 seniors who are really darn good on the court, led by Ryan Heath and Xavier Gissendana themselves. Also a 6-0 start, um, big wins over both of the Pittsburgh schools. I believe they took down HFL recently as well. This is um, a solid squad. And what I found most um, intriguing about the story is you from the outside looking in, Chris Carden is a, is a hell of a coach and clearly his resume speaks for itself. But the kids just liked them as like a dude. Um, I mean, they really enjoyed how he cares for them more off the court than he does really on the court. And he kind of just reiterated that as well. And he kind of said it's a bigger than ball type of mentality. He had a lot of um, phrases and quotes that he was using on me that I couldn't remember off the top of my head. But good guy, good team. And it was a fun story to um, to, to do for sure. Yeah, and you've talked um, both on this podcast and in the studio just how – you know, you get this guy in a conversation, he'll just go and go, he'll talk your ear off and, you know, in, in a positive way, of course. Um, but just, you know, a, a good guy that can relate, especially, you know, you talk about how long he's been coaching, things like that, the age gap, you know, you get a lot of these times. I dealt with some college or coaches, both in my playing career and um, covering at Ithaca College, where you get these guys on their last leg and, you can tell there's a disconnect between, you know, the 60 some odd year old coach and the 16 year old kids. I do not get that vibe at all from uh, my experiences with him, watching your story and, and the things you've said about him. No, not at all. And you were there for in, in, in person for it last year where for his 500th win, my man pulled out the worm. Now, 
Well, what's funny about that, I asked the kids about it. They said it took them by shock. They they had no idea that he had that in the tank. He said he was glad that I didn't even call it the worm. He thought it was something else. He thought it looked like something else. Um, it, it was a fun story, and then I had to ask. I was like, look, my man, is the breakdancing, breakdancing career over with? Are we going to pull it out again? He said, kids raise a sectional title. He'll do whatever they want. So if y'all want to see Cardin pull out one last um, funky move from the 80s, uh, follow Ron McCoy's season this year, and if they raise the brick, go to that sectional title game. We'll see what he has in store for us then. Now, that should be a good one. They're certainly one of, if not the favorites, of uh, Section 5 Class A this year, which we're going to get into right now with our the first state rankings released by the New York State Sports Writer Association. Uh, they, they released on Tuesday. Um, now, now, the rankings, uh, you know, some of these teams have played, so, you know, not quite up to date. But, you know, we've got our first state rankings of the season. And I think the biggest, we're going to start with the boys here first. I think the biggest takeaway, certainly in boys basketball, is the lack of Section 5 teams here at the top in both Class AA and A. Around quite the only team in Class A, we'll get to them a little bit later, but in double A, we have no section five teams ranked this year, which is not a super surprise. It's not like section five is this powerhouse, this behemoth that just powers through the state tournament every year. But we've got some quality basketball players over the year. We've got some quality teams over the year. But right now, section five, and I wouldn't say it's undeservedly. I'm not saying that there's a, a team that I'm like, are, are you kidding me? They didn't rank this team. But double A, no teams ranked so far in, in, uh, in section five. And I think especially Aquinas got hurt with some of the, the players they lost to the portal, right? Let's use that terminology, right? They <laughs> lost some guys uh, transferring, so maybe the state um, is going to make them prove it and earn it. But those young guys that they have, um, they're off to a 6-1 and one start, I believe. So those young guns have replaced some of the guys that, that were ahead of them. And we'll see if a school like them can creep into the rankings at some point during the season. Yeah, they would certainly be the team to uh, – uh you know, be there if, if we're thinking right now. Aquinas, like you mentioned, six and one. They're only lost to Nichols out of the Buffalo. Right? They've got wins over McQuaid, a one point win over McQuaid. Uh, they beat U Prep earlier this year. They beat a good Franklin squad, a good Athena squad. So they've got some quality wins. Other honorable mention teams on that list: Edison and Victor. I don't think we've talked too much about Victor so far this year, but they are four and zero on the season so far. Um, I, you know, the teams they've beaten so far, I don't think we're expecting too, too much out of any of the four squads they've beaten so far, but certainly, uh, you know, Victor starting off to a, a four and start. And then you've also got Edison tech as a, an unranked team. And I was at that game, you know, we mentioned it last uh, week on the show, Edison tech versus East. Um, that was, uh, you know, an up and down match. Both of these schools getting at each other, Edison pulling out the 63 59 win. I will say this. I think my biggest takeaway from that win is that these two teams were going to look a whole lot better in February. You know, these are both some, you know, East is a little bit younger, but some both fairly young teams. These were, this was a big environment for both of these teams, a rivalry matchup. I just, you know, a little bit sloppy, a little bit, you know, not quite in sorts, some fouls early where, you know, these players didn't need to be in the position to commit those fouls. So I will just say this for sure. You you watch, if you want to, you know, go watch the stream or something of this game and, and you watch these teams, you know, they're going to play in the penultimate game of the regular season on February 7th. The quality of basketball in that second game is going to be, as you would expect with any school, is going to be a lot higher in that second game. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait. That was a game that I was really looking forward to, just hearing what you had to say about it. 
And those teams feel like a little bit more repetition. Right now, both those teams like to get up and down. And later in the season, you know, some more skills, some more sets, you know, more practice time. They'll be able to um, slow the game down a little bit and and, and hopefully um, tighten up the quality of play. Moving on to A, as we mentioned previously, Aronicoit, the only Section 5 team ranked. They are 18th in the state. I think that ranking might slowly climb as the season goes along as they keep racking up wins. And as we always kind of like to mention in these Class A rankings, you know, there are other um, organizations in these rankings. So if you strictly look at the teams in the New York, uh, in NISA, as uh, the abbreviation is always hard to pronounce accurately. They're actually the one, two, three, four, five. They're the sixth ranked team out of teams in that NISFA. So uh, Aronicoit, you know, 18th, sixth, whatever you want to call it, they're off to a good start this season. Also, I want to mention all the teams getting honorable mention because this is a strong honorably mentioned, I feel, in Section 5. You've got Athena, you've got East, and you've got Monroe. And Carl, you've gotten a chance to see Monroe a couple times this season. They've got some ballers. They've got some guys that can certainly put the ball in the hoop and, uh, and and close out some clutch games, that's for sure. Yeah, man, they closed out a real clutch one against McQuaid earlier this week at home in, in overtime. They got a, a good mix of stuff. They pressed the entire game. So, I mean, clearly all they do is condition and practice. So I do not envy how they uh, how they practice at all. But Felson Graves, the, the big guy down low, as you talked about last week, literally just funnel everything to him. And he had came up with two clutch blocks in, in the fourth quarter and overtime to kind of seal the deal for Moreau. But this is a scrappy team who I think is going to get better as the year goes on. They, they're not fearful at all. I mean, they pressed McQuaid up and down the court and caused some costly turnovers and came away with the win. So we'll see as they, you know, once again, more practice time, more reps and, and all that stuff. Hopefully this holiday break, they're able to do so with that. And we'll see what, um, what type of strides they can make. And kind of jumping back to double A real quick. I want nothing more from the section five basketball season than McQuaid to lose every single game in overtime this year and then win the sectional championship. I honestly think it's possible. They've done this just about seven times. They've lost in overtime. They've lost at the buzzer. They've lost in double overtime. They lost to St. Joe. They lost by a point to Aquinas. They are so close to winning one of these games. They're a good team. You know, they're 0-7 on the season so far this year. They play Wilson tonight. That might be their first victory of the season. But I want nothing more than them to go into the Section 5 schedule or tournament at 0-20 and then win the whole thing. I think that would just be so great. <laughs> they're, like I, like their record is is clearly dece- deceiving, man. I watched them against Monroe. That's a good basketball team. Young, definitely young. Got some guards that are young. But th- th- sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way. And clearly – Seven times the ball has not bounced their way, all right? <laughs> yeah, they've only played one home game this year. They've got their next four at home. They're going to start racking up some wins. But I almost just laugh and joke, like, anytime I see McQuaid on the schedule. And then I just see the tweet later than that. It's like, heartbreaking loss, tough loss for the kids. We fight on next week next week against Wilson. Like, it's the same thing every single time. And it's just hilarious. And I find it very funny. Um, moving on to Class B. Uh, once again, we've only got one team ranked in uh in the ranking so far and that would be batavia at uh, the 16 spot so far this season they've started off their year with uh two wins over odyssey and with eastridge uh they just lost to sutherland which i don't believe got into this rankings no they didn't so um you know it's funny i the state rankings has batavia is at four and oh i've got them at two and one so i don't really know how that's going on but you know clearly 
you talk about Batavia, um, they've got the winning tradition from, uh, you know, this football program. When you look at this this roster here, you got Javon McFollins, you've got Carter McFollins, you've got uh, Cam McClinic, some guys, uh, I believe Cam McClinic was on the football team, um, you know, and, and they're off to a pretty good start to this season. Oh, that winning pedigree always transfers, and especially when it goes to football to basketball. That physicality, like I guarantee you this first month of the season, McFarland's brothers, and I know they're really good on the basketball court, but I guarantee this first month of the season, they were out there bruising dudes, being physical. And as a Hooper, you ain't trying to deal with all that. I mean, like, bro, get off me, man. So I, I understand uh, how that transfers and and those brothers as the year goes on when they get back into basketball shape because we know football and basketball shape is two totally different shapes. Um, the Blue Devils will, will soar even higher. It was always tough me and going from uh, golf shape to – it's a basketball <laughs> shit. Complete, I, I I understand the struggles. You know, you just build up a, a certain muscle set. You know, you got to, you know, pull the cart, you know, d- depending on your age, you got the beverage in one hand. Like, it's just it's just different, you know, it's just different skill sets. So that was difficult for me as too when I was playing high school. That's for sure. Um, in Class C, we've got a lot of teams. You know, we, we mentioned uh, in the top ranked classes top sizes not a bunch classy we got a lot we got lions at fourth in the state we've got byron burgeon at eighth in the state we got geneseo at 15th in the state and we've got avon at 20th in the state we've also got some other teams receiving rankings north star pembroke rochester academy york and this is uh this is a bracket where it's going to be tough to get out of lions you know, they had a great season last year. They didn't quite do exactly what they wanted to do in the in the sectional tournament. Um, you know, they lost to uh, to Oakfield in, in uh, surprisingly lopsided fashion. But they are just blowing teams out so far this season. They're 5-0 and on this season. Their closest victory was a 29-point win. So Lions is going off this year. Um, you know, they've got some of – they did graduate some guys last year, but they still got Jake – J.C. Walker, they got Jacob Sides coming back. Two of the names that certainly stick out for me when I look at their roster. And they were a really good team last year. I know they got a chip on their shoulder from the way that season ended. And uh, certainly the state thinks they uh, have a good chance to make some more noise this year. I believe Lions had some injury issues down the stretch last year. They did, yeah, that was that too. Yeah, so that didn't help them at all. Um, So that's definitely going to be a factor this year. And I'm looking at uh, the rosters for the other three teams, Byron Burgeon, Geneseo, and Avon. Avon got a bunch of soccer kids on the team, man, and like the world pedigree traveling. So clearly, you know, the Braves, I believe the defending uh, champs from, from this section a year ago. Uh, this was a fun team, by the way, to interview after this. Yeah. Uh, this they was out there talking talking cash. They were acting like they never been on TV before. I'm like, all right, y'all. God damn. <laughs> like, but uh, it, it was cool, though, man. And, uh, and the Braves are always a fun team to watch with how they can put up points in bunches. Yeah, I'm not going to count out Avon Braves for sure. They lost in the Far West Regional last year by two to Salamanca. That was a, a wild game down the finish. So, uh, yeah, don't uh, don't sleep on the Braves for sure. And then let me just look at this real quick. Uh, yeah, Geneseo. Ryan Whitney, I watched him on the football court or the football field. Uh, 6-2, he's going to – I can just tell that's a basketball player as well. Um, I, I think I might have seen him on the court uh, – in years past, but uh, I'm going to be interested to see uh, how he does uh, on the court this year. And then in Class D, uh, the reigning state champs from Avotica Prattsburg, they come in at number four in the state rankings. Fillmore also gets some love at number seven. And uh, Avoca Prattsburg, 
you know, they are three and one on the season. They did suffer a loss to York. Um, they, they lost quite a bit, but they still got, you know, McCoy Putnam, Sawyer DeVoe, um, not as not a ton of names carrying over for last year. They did graduate a, a fair amount. Um, looking at some of their graduations, um, Pacey Hopkins was a big one for them, of course. Uh, so Avoca Prasper trying to repeat here. Were they a team that like put up a bunch of points this every single game last year? They like, did that, they- and then they didn't give up a lot too. Yeah, they were uh, they won that you know that thrilling Lions game in the regular season, and then they. They really didn't get tested too much in the playoffs. Like, if I believe, um, let me see if I can pull this up real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, they won. They Wheel and Charlie was their closest game. They they beat them by one in uh, in the crossover match there. And then actually, the state rank, the state tournament is, isn't uh, up here. The results, but I, I know that they did not get super tested there i remember us running those highlights and it was like all right we'll just pick a bucket from each quarter because they blew them out uh but yeah avoca prattsburg uh not messing around once again this year it looks like and then moving on to the girls rankings where we got a lot got got a lot of heavy hitters and we've gotten a chance to see some of these teams so far we'll start with double a and i'll just ra- run through these real quick you've got schrader at number five yeah, Schrader at number five. That's that's a strong ranking. Bishop Carney at number seven. Fairport at number 12. And then maybe down one tier, you've got Penfield at 21, Hilton at 26. We'll start with Schrader at number five. Uh, Carl, you got the chance to see a, a pretty historic um, victory for the Warriors as they were, got it done last week. Yeah, they beat Penfield for the first time since 2003, I believe, 19 years. And look, the Walking Sisters got better, y'all. They, they got better. <laughs> I, I didn't know it was possible. I mean, obviously it makes sense freshman sophomore year to make it another year in the school. They're legit, man. I, I I mean, they were giving it to you however they want it. Aggressive. Love to see it. But then also the others, as I like to call them, uh, and, and I don't mean that by any disrespect, they were doing their thing. Julia Perales graduated, little sister Maya doing her thing on the court, a little feisty girl as well. Uh, Schrader, it, it, that's a strong team. I, seeing what I saw Against Penfield, I am not surprised that they beat Fairport. That's a really, really darn good team. And, um, man, I, I will, I will want to see the matchup against a team like BK because I, I think this is a one of the better teams I've seen since I've been here. Well, two years. So, okay. <laughs> this is one of the best teams I've seen for sure. Plus, they have no seniors on their roster. So, this is a two-year window for uh, the Schrader girls. They're going to make some noise in that window. And then I did get the chance to catch a little bit of the Bishop Carney Fairport game. It was uh, Bishop Carney coming away with that win there. You know, two teams with just a lot of firepower. Um, Bella, Bella Pucci, she had four. I, I was I was able to catch the second quarter of that game. You know, there was the Bills game that night. She had four threes in the second quarter alone. When she gets hot, when she gets kind of in her zone, um, I don't know if I want to put my money on anybody else but her when that happens. But that was just it's just a good quality basketball game. And the thing that I really might be taking away from the early slate of this season is that that one seed in that Section A tournament is going to be really important because this these top three teams, Schrader, BK, Fairport, I think they're separated. They're separated a little bit from the rest of the pack. So if you can only have to win one of those games as opposed to having to win two of those games. That's going to be big. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. And all the love I gave to Schrader. Fairport still got a Division One girl there in their own, and probably two others who aren't too far behind. And then BK is BK. So <laughs> any any way the ball drops on any given Sunday or 
day, I guess. It's not football no longer. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. That's a really strong three at the top. Moving on to Class A, still a handful of teams ranked, but not quite as high. Coming into the top spot, Canandaigua with the 18th best team in the state. Then you've got Menden all the way down at 24. I was wondering how much kind of respect the uh, the Menden name would give them. You know, sometimes like we, we talk about Canandaigua football, how they were probably a little inflated in the state rankings throughout the year. I think this is an appropriate spot for Menden. Uh, you know, they've. They've had to grind out some wins against some teams that they haven't had to grind out in the past. Um, they're still undefeated, but they're at 24 in the state. Then you've got Thomas at 26 and Sutherland at 29. So really, I think the story here is, A, Menden, you know, obviously not having near – they graduated just a ton last year. And then, B, could this be finally uh, Canada was year? You know, they, they've got the stingy defense. Um, you know, Maya Herman's back. So, you know, they've got a, a core, you know, Macy Bacon, you know, there's, there's a lot of quality players there. Maybe this is Canada was year finally to knock off Canada. I believe it's been seven in a row for, uh, for the Vikings. I think that's right. The first thing I did when I looked at Canada schedule, how many points are they giving up? I saw a game where it was only 26 points. So clearly the Braves still got the system going with the stingy defense on that side of the floor. Uh, as long as you can do that, they got enough buckets uh, scores led by Maya Herman that they can make things shake come February. Yeah, I want to know what's going on with their gym because I'm looking at Canada with schedule. They're playing their games at Finger Lakes Community College for most of this season, their home games. So I don't know if they're doing some renovations or something like that, or maybe it's just a typo or whatever, but um, I'll have to take a look into that. But yeah, um, Canada does have a, a good matchup. Uh, at the start of the new year against Fairport on January 3rd. So that should be a good one. They also got Penfield later in the season. They do not play Menden in the regular season. So uh, we'll see if that comes around playoff time. Then moving down to Class B, which I think is going to be a really good one-two punch throughout the entire season. You've got Waterloo at number four, and then you've got Livonia at number 10. We talked a lot about Livonia last week. They did go on to beat Sutherland. Um, you know, what else can you say about Livonia? And then Waterloo, we've talked to them, about them too. That's going to be a tough one to, to to match up against just about any other section in the in the state this year. I mean, you you got girls who can get it done on both sides. You know, we've already listed off the names. But what's different about the matchup this year, because I know Waterloo got the dub last year, Waterloo has one girl who is 5'10 and taller, I believe, um, a senior. Kylie Buckley, I believe, is taller than that if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know if that adds a little different dynamic to the matchup because I know they were able to throw different bodies at her last year. She's clearly a stud, a uh, Division One player. We'll, we'll see who gets the dub whenever they match up. But, man, th those two teams are strong and honestly fun to watch to be a, some uh, Class B schools. Yeah, they, they matched up in the regular season last year, and that was also a, a game where, you know, two teams that we kind of thought would um... – you know, face off in the playoffs, but Livonia, um, they suffered a uh, a tough loss to dun, 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 Wellsville um, in just the second round of uh, the Section 5 tournament. So I know they're going to be out for uh, a little bit of revenge. I'm not putting my money, uh, you know, Kylie Buckley. Uh, I'm, I think we might be talking to her a little bit later in the year. Just, uh, you know, just uh, she's also on her way to becoming Livonia's all-time leading scorer, both boys and girls. She's also already got the girls' record. She's coming up on the boys' record. Um, but certainly, we don't want to sleep on the rest of the teams. Uh, Palmac at 15, AQ at 18, and Dansville at 21. So, um, guess what? 
on Palmac. We got a goodness sister. Taryn Goodness. If Jenny's name like the brothers, I know she good on the court, all right? So, uh, I, hey, I, the brothers were fun to watch last year. They uh, It was a game-winning shot last year that I covered from one of the brothers, and uh, they had a great game. So, hey, I need the sister to do the same. You got to match the energy. Come on, let's go. Oh, and I'm already looking at her right now. She is a sophomore. She is leading their team in scoring with 13.6 points per game. Um, it's a lot of steals, a lot of rebounds, a lot of assists. So uh, we'll have to get out to uh, another Palmac game, that's for sure. Uh, moving down to Class C, we've got a, a handful of teams in this top 10. Clyde Savannah, East Rochester, Space, Gananda, not East Rochester, Gananda. We've got Clyde Savannah at 4, East Rochester at 7, and Gananda at 9. You've also got Lions at 14, Pavilion at 19, um, and Canistillo Greenwood at 22. You know, East Rochester obviously went down that great run last year. They made it to the uh, the state Final Four. You know, they obviously they did lose Samantha Lewis, but that is the only player they lost off of that team last year. So they still got Zariah Eldridge back. They've got Lily Funk back. Um, you know, a, a really strong talent is Anaya Eldridge was also doing good things for them as an eighth grader last year. So they, they bring back a pretty uh, strong core from that team that made it all the way uh, to Albany last year. Oh, yeah, they're, they're another fun team to watch. And Sam Lewis was a stud leading them that far. But also another thing that you just listed, Lions, Jayla Bell, stud to be a sophomore. Every single week um, we put together our Section 5 best, and she could be on it just how how much she stuffs the stat sheet. So, yeah, Class C, I mean, they lost, you know, Samantha Lewis from this classification. But they still got some some girls who can, who can do some cool things on the court. And it will be fun to see how this one shakes up for sure, especially on the boys' side, Class C has some – some some teams as well and same for the girls and then Clyde Savannah number four their only loss this season was to the aforementioned uh, Livonia Bulldogs but they've got some players as well I don't think we've ever really um, gotten out to a Clyde Savannah game but just looking at some of these names and these uh, numbers Jada Larson averaging 20.5 points per game you've got Kylie Paler at over 15 points per game you've got Taylor Car Carnivale at uh, just under 15 points per game. So that's, you know, you can get three players on your team averaging, um, you know, basically 15 or over 15 points per game. That's going to be tough to stop come playoff time. And then finally in class D, we've got three teams ranked uh, in the state's uh, top 20 as they go far in here. We've got Andover Whitesfield at number five. We've got Keshequa at number 13. And then you've got Elba at 20. So uh, we haven't really gotten a chance to come out and go to these schools um, as, you know, some of these class D schools are more uh, in the uh, Elmira area, basically. So, but props to those teams for coming out to some strong starts to this season to start off the year. So yeah. there's your staying rankings. Jeff, no, I was gonna say, I haven't, when I was reading up his name, I was like, wow, I really haven't heard any of these class D schools. But uh, shout out to them for balling so far. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see if we. Oh, woo! Okay, we can talk about this. Andover Whitesfield. Um, uh, they are three and zero on this. Oh my goodness! All right, let's talk about Andover Whitesfield, Whitesville for a little bit. Um, I I, I think I pronounced it wrong every single time so far. So Andover Whitesville. Here, there are three games this year: a sixty-one to ten win, a sixty-one to nineteen win, and a sixty-six to eighteen win. So they've scored at least 60 points and haven't given up 20 so far this season. So yowzas. And yeah. uh, their, uh, their, their senior captain, Vanessa Hall, is averaging 30 points per game this year. 
So, uh, and so, over yeah. white. Okay then. Okay. Okay. You, you caught my attention. Don't know <laughs> if I can make it out there, but I will be on the lookout for y'all stats from here on out for sure. Yeah. I mean, let me. How? For, honestly, this is me googling where Andover Whitesville is. This is a, a proud moment in the in the in the high school huddle because honestly, I think this team might be. Uh, okay, this is giving me directions from Andover to Whitesville, so I'm just gonna assume the one. Uh, is it? You know what? There's. There we go. We got it. They are yes. They are basically in Pennsylvania. So. Um, yeah, so I'm sure they're covering, uh, our good friends down, um, in the Elmira area. I'm sure they're getting the, their hands on them as well, but basically in Pennsylvania and over Whitesville, uh, Vanessa Hall is, um, I believe just about, you know, actually I th- almost, she's almost doubling up her opponents on aggregate so far this season. So, so shout out to them so far this season, but that'll do it for our, our rankings here. Carl, uh, as we get go to the holiday uh the break here gonna be off next week what are you most looking forward to for the holiday season man being able to go back home i'm blessed with how the schedule worked out sucks for you and that but how the schedule works out i'm able to go home for both new year's and christmas so anytime you get back to go get back to cleveland celebrate with the fam get to see them it's always good man especially when you know you kind of take for granted some of the times that you spend with uh, your people before they before they move on and I'm just looking forward to that, man, for sure. And we talked about this last year. The Feldman family domino game. That's what I'm most looking forward to. And guess what I'm doing this year? I made odds for the Feldman family dominoes. I'm going to put it in Feldman's favorites. I'm going to list it on the show right here. If anybody wants to bet on the Feldman family domino, I will be your bookie for this game. We've got myself as the favorite. We got to make myself the favorite. I have won this thing. We started keeping track of this in detail in 2012 we played long before but we never kept the scores i've won it six times in those uh two four six eight ten six times that's that's actually that's i'm doing math somewhere wrong two i've won it five times there we go five times in those 10 years i'm at plus 200 my dad the the reigning champ he was he was slumping for a while he won it last year plus 230 my sister Plus 360. She's won it three times. She has not uh, fared so well in the last three years. She's got plus 360. And then uh, my mom, and she'll agree with this ranking. She's got one title. Uh, she believes all time ever in her Domino's uh, career, dating back to when they play. She's at plus 550. So those are our odds for the Feldman family, Domino. If you listen this far, if you listen to Fel- read Feldman's favorites, there you go. Feel free to for Twitter DM me, Venmo me. I will be your bookie for the Feldman family dominoes. If you need your rent paid and if you need a new car note, bet on AJ, okay? Y'all bet on AJ if you need something to be paid. I know hey, for y'all for the holidays, you wanted that new Camaro. You saw it on the com- commercial, but this is a way to get it done. I got, I, I'm, I'm not counting on my dad by any stretch of the imagination. I think <laughs> Heather's going to be a little insulted at those rankings um, as well. I will say if, if I were to create alt lines for this, uh, my dad, as the uh, the the second favorite team, him to finish last would also be a great value play because once once he's out of the running, he just kind of gives up. Like he'll he'll take less time. You know, he's if he, he's really the definition of if you're not first, you're last. So uh, I'm not gonna make too many crazy alt lines here, 
But uh, but there you go. The Falman family dominoes uh, doing battle once again on uh, Christmas Eve this year. So I, I don't know if I don't I think we can really go nowhere else but to wrap up the show from that, Carl. It was a fun one, man. And and I'll be looking forward to the rankings, man. Keep me in the loop. Keep everybody in the loop. Yes, I will tweet out the rankings, especially if I win, um, but begrudgingly if I lose. So that'll do it for us on the high school huddle. As we previously mentioned, we will not have a show next week because of uh, the holiday. Not a lot of teams playing games, et cetera, et cetera. But obviously you can find all our coverage on rochesterfirst.com. We got the Rainbow Classic tonight. So that'll be a good one for us. Uh, the, um, the Scott Zahn Memorial Classic that was supposed to be tomorrow with all this weather going on postponed to a, a date to be determined later. So um, honestly, it probably works out pretty well for us because I don't know if we've had the, we would have had the manpower to get out there. So um, hopefully we can get out there. But that'll do it for us tonight on the High School Huddle. For Carl Jones, I'm AJ Feldman. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, rochesterfirst.com, and YouTube. We will be back in 2023. 2023, wow, man, we are getting old, Carl. Uh, thank you for listening throughout the entire year. Um, have a great happy holiday season for whatever you celebrate. Have a happy new year, safe and happy holidays. Try and get by with this weather. It's going to be tough. We didn't even get to talk about the weather, but it'll be a good one. Um, thank you for listening, and we will see you in 2023.